Hello and welcome to Let's Talk with Bishop R.C. Blakes. R.C. is an author, empowerment teacher, and the proud pastor of the New Home Ministries of New Orleans, Louisiana, and Houston, Texas. His message circles the globe. His conversational and candid approach to challenging content makes him a relevant voice to all generations. Get ready for a life-changing transformational conversation. Hello, 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 hello. This is R.C. Blakes, and I am excited to be with you again this week. My God, what a blessing it is to be able to share with so many of you. Now, I really, truly need you to uh, invite uh, all of your friends to come in tonight. Let's see if we can get the numbers to even climb tonight. We've been doing pretty good, but I want us to really do better because I believe that this message needs to resonate uh, with women around the world and uh, with women of all ages. Those of you who have young daughters, nieces, friends, invite them to come in and to be a part of this conversation on today. Well, I was just pondering what should I, what should I talk to you all about? And um, there's something that's really been on my heart for uh, some weeks actually and there were quite a few times that I almost just kind of picked the phone up and just went live with it uh, but something always got in the way so I decided that I would just deal with this tonight traps of uh, how do I title this uh, let's let's title it like this the traps recognizing the traps of broken consciousness recognizing the traps of broken consciousness. Now broken consciousness as I define it is when a woman or even a person but we're talking to women tonight <clears throat> excuse me it is when a woman has been so broken by society broken through trauma broken through abandonment broken through whatever, whatever, whatever. It brings her to a point where she's no longer able or capable of really plugging into her own worth anymore. She's like divorced from her essence. She's like a zombie walking through the earth that has, it's moving, it's mobile, but it's disconnected. And when you look at society today, when you look at women today, how many of them are broken? I was at, um, I was at a restaurant uh, in New Orleans, Morrow's in fact, Morrow's Restaurant, which is a, you know, kind of a famous restaurant uh, for the stars that come through New Orleans. I was at Morrow's the other day and, um, you know, standing outside waiting on my brother, he was doing something in there. Waiting on my brother and there was this young woman who was outside and she was by one of the windows that looks into the restaurant and she literally bent over and started, um, uh, what you call it, uh, twerking, 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 in the window, in the window, at, 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 at the patrons. And I said, my God, how disconnected this young lady is from her true self, her true worth. There's no queen consciousness there because she's been broken by society. And so what I want to, what I endeavor to do today is to kind of uh, walk you through some of the traps that lead to this this state where <clears throat> a woman has been so disconnected that a generation of perverted men may use her and abuse her as a sexual object and she'll even find pleasure or glory in that. If you go to Acts chapter 16 verses 16 through 19 it reads like this and it came to pass 
as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, young woman, possessed with the spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters, pay attention to that, brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit in the girl, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Now watch verse 19. And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, their money, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. My, the thing I want you to see is how these masters, these men were using this woman because she was disconnected spiritually. She was disconnected on the soulish level. They were using her to make money and when Paul restored the woman to consciousness, her masters got angry because the hope of their money was cut off. Well, when I looked at that, the Spirit of God said that is a great representation of what a woman looks like in society today who is suffering from broken consciousness. There, there, there will always be men that will use this woman, manage this woman for their own gain. And so, um, let's see. Now, um, number one, number one. Waiting for my phone to cooperate here. Number one. Traps of broken consciousness, recognizing what it looks like. How does a woman get to this point where she's being used and she doesn't even have a clue? She's being humiliated and she finds joy in it. How does a woman get there? Well, she, she doesn't just wake up and get there. It's like, a, it's like a progressive, gradual step that the game brings the woman through. And when I get through breaking this down for you tonight, hopefully you'll be able to understand or to discern when you're caught up in one of these traps or when you see one of your sisters or your friends or your children or even your mother, for that matter, caught up in, in, in one of these traps. But it always starts, toxic masculinity takes and positions the woman and indoctrinates the woman to believe certain things about femininity, about value, about uh, what a worthwhile woman who would be a wife looks like. And usually when you dissect uh, this rhetoric, you, you discover that it's, uh, it's laced in narcissism, and its intention is to subjugate the, the true spirit of the queen inside of the woman. It's not to empower the woman, it's to break the woman down. And where it starts is, you know that this, this rhetoric that is all through the land today and all over social media and all through mainstream media, you know that it is having or it has had an effect upon you when number one, you become consumed with comparisons. You become consumed with comparisons. You know that, you know that this toxic culture is having an impact on you when every day as a woman you wake up comparing yourself to another woman. As if God did not make you a unique and standalone value. You know, that, that would be the equivalent of me trying to compare or match my fingerprint to yours, wanting my fingerprint to be just like yours. Every one of us is made so uniquely that there's not another you in the world. Never has been, never will be. But when you have been impacted by um, the, you know, 
the, the verbiage that is just running rampant through the land and women are consuming it like, my God, I've never seen people run for poison as much as I'm seeing women today. Just, 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 you know, running to consume poison. And what it leaves is it leaves a generation of women who can no longer find contentment in their individuality, but are now consumed with comparisons. You're trying to be like because because some GED man pulled you on the side and whispered in your ear and said, this is what, you know, a, a high value woman looks like. This is what a queen looks like. This is what a boss chick looks like. And and you believing that bought into it. And now you can't be content in your own greatness, your own brilliance or your own beauty. You're comparing yourself. Because the first stop on the broken consciousness interstate is to put your mind in a, in a blender of comparisons. A blender of comparisons. How many of you know women today who are miserable because they are constantly comparing themselves to other women? I, I mean, I you know, because I... Lisa and I work with women a lot, well, most of the time, should I say, um, I get a chance to see how white women, you know, are comparing themselves. White women want what black women have. Black women want what white women have. Uh, lighter skinned black women want the darker skin of the black woman, the, the, the darker black woman. The darker black woman wants the hair. And it is just like a never ending cycle. It's a blender of comparisons. And it's like we so seldom meet people today who are happy in their own skin. Glory to God. Everybody wants to be uh, something or someone they are not. Very few people are content being exactly who God made them. And when you start talking about women, this is by design. The game is designed to make you compare yourself to her. And then on the, sli on the, on, on the slide or the side, uh, you know, build you up in her eyes. So she's comparing herself to you so that neither of you views yourself as whole or valuable or enough. And when, when the world gets you to a point where you no longer see yourself as enough, they can move you out of Saks Fifth Avenue. They can move you out of Neiman Marcus and bring you and put you on sale on a Walmart shelf because you never knew the true value of you as an individual. You're constantly comparing. And listen to what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 12. It says, we do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with some who supply testimonials to commend themselves, building themselves up. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom and behave like fools. It's always foolish for you to compare yourself to someone else. Instead of looking in the mirror and being content and happy with exactly what and who God made you. Now, the only thing you should be working on is presenting the best version of you. Not trying to be her, not trying to be her, not trying to be them but being the best version of you. Because when you compare yourselves by yourselves, the Bible says you behave like fools. And, and you know, this boils down to um, things as temporal, fleeting as looks, size, you know, education, Career, money, business, you, you, you're comparing yourselves by all of these superficial standards. Now, the purpose of 
the purpose of getting you to the point as a woman that you compare yourself is to break the woman's foundations of self-esteem and dignity. And see, how does a man do this? A man slides into your life and he'll, he'll, he'll slide into your life smiling as though he has good intentions and all of that. He'll tell you about how he loves you and how you're the best thing ever happened to him. But it's like every other, every other sentence he's sliding in, uh, you know, how beautiful this one is, how great that one is. And when you look and you analyze that thing, none of these people that he's, const none of these women more specifically, that he's constantly referring to, uh, are any any ways uh, like you, and so he's throwing these he's throwing this stuff out to work on your soul subliminally. Number one, as a woman, when you're queen conscious, you're going to check any man that's constantly every time you're around him. He's constantly throwing all of these admirations out for all of these other women. Uh, that's disrespectful. A man would not allow a woman to sit in his presence and just her just constantly going on and on about how fine this man is, how good looking this dude is, how brilliant that one is. But then when you flip that coin, when a man wants to when a man wants to deplete a woman's self-esteem and her dignity, he begins to slide in these images to create this this blender of comparisons in the mind of the woman so that the woman wakes up and she, she questions herself. Because again, questions or comparisons, should I say, destroy self-esteem. Comparisons will disrupt feminine dignity with desperation. And comparisons will poison the sisterhood because it will what? Divide and conquer. Let me read that again. Comparisons will destroy self-esteem. Comparisons will disrupt feminine dignity. With what? Desperation and poisons. It poisons the sisterhood by dividing and conquering. See, these comparisons are based on, again, superficial traits. And this type of desire that's generated in you is never fulfilled, you know. It's never fulfilled. Um, because anything that is lustful has no point of satisfaction. So if, you know, you get down to the size, by the time you get down, okay, let me, let me, let me put it where you can reach it. Um, I guess it was about 15 years ago, maybe, maybe 15, 20 years ago, the end thing was to be, you know, real thin and slim, like, uh, you know, European sizes. Now, the thing is to be, uh, you know, have everything just, just swole, everything just swole, just curvaceous, you know what I'm saying? And so back then you had curvaceous women running on the treadmill trying to get the European model and now you got those with the European model you know going to the doctor getting injections and you know yeah just getting everything just just blown up and and it's like that's a very clear indication of what broken consciousness looks like. You're not happy with your body. You're going to go and let somebody just shoot a lot of stuff in your, in your derriere like that and swell you up like that. You're going to let people just blow this stuff all up in your lips, got your lips like that. You're going to just, just, you know, break your, your spine, putting all that stuff up in your chest like that. Your frame wasn't even designed to carry all of that. But these comparisons, you never, you, it's, it's a never-ending cycle. You're never satisfied. These things are never satisfied. It's because the only place you're going to find fulfillment is from within. <clears throat> from within. Number two. The first stop is what? 
get you caught up in these comparisons. The second stop is you develop a humiliating competition with your own sisters, kind of alluded to that. But you break down the sisterhood because you can't be a true sister to a woman or to women that you're constantly competing against. And you know, when I, when I look at how women are so divided, um, it's the idea of, you know, almost like a basketball team in the middle of a game uh, blocking its own player. You know, it, it's like uh, Anthony Davis just in the middle of a game, LeBron going to dunk, and Anthony Davis, who's wearing a Lakers uniform, he blocks LeBron. Blocks LeBron. Well, when you see women who are competing against one another, uh, it's you are you are in competition. This broken consciousness has brought you to a place where you're in competition against your own team. When you're in competition against your own team, you're really in competition against yourself. When women compete against each other, you open the door for unscrupulous characters to have a field day in all of your lives. Go to Matthew chapter 12 and verse 25. It says, and Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Why do we have so many women at odds? Look at your, look at your, look at your social media. Look at how many times you see women cursing one another out, sometimes even going to blows over a man in the middle. When, when, when did you lose your self-respect and dignity to the point that you would go back and forth on a social platform using that kind of language over a man that never even deserved a conversation with you? You developed that when your consciousness was broken and you no longer had any concept of being a queen. You, 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 you no longer understand your true value at all and so now this broken consciousness on your end and on her end has both of you warring against one another when you should be angered against the devil that's in the middle of this mess Because when you are competing, you move from comparisons to competition. When you are competing against the sisterhood, you are competing against your support system. Like some of you all right now, you can't really find any true friends because you've run all of them off. Some of y'all are afraid to have friends because you, you, your, your consciousness has been broken so much so that you feel like your friend's going to take your man. Let me tell you something. If your friends take your man, they were not your friends and that was never your man. They all did your favor, quite honestly. But when you are in competition against the sisterhood, you are competing against your support system. You know, at a certain point, you got to have somebody who walks in your shoes and understands you. But if every time you get a man in your life, he separates you from your mothers, your aunts, your sisters, your friends, and he isolates you and puts you on this island of abuse and disrespect, when you need your support system, it ain't there because you were never nurturing it. You were always, y'all always competing against one another. You will never be a great girlfriend and you will never be able to keep great girlfriends when you're always in a mindset to compete. Everything they get, you got to one up them and all of this kind of thing. Where does that come from? Now, I think the greatest biblical example we can find of this, the humiliating competition 
between sisters that's generated through broken consciousness uh, is represented in the two sisters, Rachel and Leah, uh, married the same man, um, you know, Jacob. He loved Rachel. He hated Leah. Leah was kind of forced on him by their father because Leah was the oldest and the Bible kind of infers that maybe she wasn't quite as physically appealing as Rachel was. So the father slipped her in on him and he worked seven years for Rachel, but he slipped Leah in on him and then he realized it. Then the father said, well, you got to work another seven years for Rachel. He worked another seven years for Rachel and then the Bible says, he hated Leah, but he loved Rachel. Let me read for you. In Genesis 29, 30 through 32, it says, And he went in also unto Rachel, and he loved also Rachel more than Leah, and served with him uh, yet seven other years. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, gave her, gave her child, in other words. But Rachel was barren, and Leah conceived and bare son, and she called his name Reuben, for she said, surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Look, see how Leah's competing, uh, you know, for, for Jacob's love. He loved Rachel, but she wasn't having no children. So now when Leah gets pregnant, she says, surely he's going to love me now because I'm having children. But he never loved her. If you go to Genesis 30 and 1, it says, and when Rachel saw that she bare Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister. And said unto Jacob, Jacob, give me children or else I die. So now you see the one that he really loved. Uh, she's in competition against the one that he didn't even love. You, they can't even be sisters because they are too busy competing against one another. Because of what? Broken consciousness. Now the third stop you'll make on the what I call the interstate of broken consciousness is you will come to this place of endless complaints. You look around at your life, you look around at your outcomes, you start seeing yourself getting older and you've been buying this bill of goods all of these years and you see all of the great relationships that have been wrecked all of the promises that have been broken and you come to this point where you're constantly complaining because it moves into the, the constant complaints about undesirable outcomes but watch this there's no will to move forward you're complaining about it but you're not demonstrating a will to actually move out of it and the more you complain, the more tangled the web becomes. What happens is the woman's complaints become the cry of a broken soul that can no longer see better for herself. You're complaining, but you ain't moving. You're complaining, but you ain't changing nothing. You see, you're complaining, but you you continue to go through the same routine. If you go to Second Timothy chapter three, verses six and seven, it says, "For this sort of they, which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers lust." Here's the part I love: ever learning. And never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. You, you, you're constantly learning the lessons, but you're constantly failing the test. So you have to continue to repeat the class because you're not graduating. You're going through it. You're experiencing it. You're complaining about it, but you haven't made any move to shift your life into the next dimension. You, don't, you really don't even want to have a conversation about change because this toxic, dysfunctional norm is all you know. 
So you develop this stationary complaining. I'm complaining, but I'm still here. You're complaining, but you're still in the same bed. You're complaining, but you're showing up every day. You've been showing up for the last two decades, and you're still here. Well, you see, this individual knew what he was doing to you from the very beginning when he started running game on you. He was creating an intentional soul tie. A soul tie is something so demonic and, and, and spiritual that um, if you don't have my book on soul ties, go to Amazon and pick it up. Breaking the ties that bind. A soul tie is so demonic and toxic that you, you can hate where you are but afraid to leave. You, you, can, you can have a disdain for your position but don't have a desire to change. Stationary complaints are a sign that the soul has been incapacitated because it is incarcerated. You can't even make a you can't even make a sound decision. You can't even make a sound life-saving decision. You're just you're just filled with complaints. But you know, uh, as I was pondering this, you know, as I was pondering this, how many of you are, many of you are stuck in this position right now, where you're constantly complaining and you want to talk to everybody about what you're going through and how it makes you feel and people are constantly giving you the wisdom you need but you're, you're never making any moves and then you say well people don't have uh, empathy for you because they don't want to listen to what you talk you've been talking about this for the last 10 years though you've been talking about this for the last 10 years you see that my this I mean this this is just the way uh, this is the way a healthy queen conscious woman would live in a situation like this. Why complain about something you can change? Don't, don't, you don't, I don't need to keep complaining about something I can change. I don't need to co complain about something I can change. I need to simply do whatever work I need to do. If I need to go get me a therapist, if I need to get a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist, uh, if I need an exorcism, whatever I got to do to move my life out of this position, my, the steering wheel for my future is in my hands. I don't need to complain about what, what, what he did, what they did, what she did. No, 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 no. When I have the power to change it. Listen to what the Bible says in John chapter 5. In John chapter 5, uh, I love this text. You, you sit in the same position, constantly complaining. Constantly complaining. Doing nothing. Constantly complaining. Waiting on somebody else to do it for you. Waiting on the dun da 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 No, my dear, today you're going to have to be your own uh, shero. You're going to have to be your own shero today. You're going to have to save yourself. Ain't nobody coming. Ain't no Calvary coming. Batman not coming, Superman not coming. Today, you're going to have to lace up your cape and you're going to have to save yourself from this mess you're in. We don't want to hear no more of your complaints. We need you to fly into your own life and finally save you. You've been around here trying to save everybody else. Fly into your own life right now and finally save you. We don't want to hear any more of the complaints. We need you to finally save you. Repent, recognize what you've, the mess you've gotten yourself in. Repent, which means more than just being sorry. It means to turn around and go in, a, in, in another direction from the direction you've been going in and watch the power that you have within your own grasp to save yourself. Listen to what the Bible says in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. 
Now there's at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, here, here it is, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. He, he was there for thirty eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him. Now Jesus asking this man a simple question. Yes or no question. Do you want to be made whole? Yes. But listen to his response. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. While I'm coming, trying to get down in there, another step is down before me. Jesus didn't ask this man this, but what is he offering? He's offering up his complaints. Now you're seeing why he's been stuck in this position for 38 years. This dude was, was, was stuck on complaints. Endless complaints. Anybody complaining is not planning to move. I uh, recently I was in um, I was in a, in a certain place or restaurant and um, a young woman walked in that I had talked to some years ago about a particular man and she was like I'm tired I'm done I'm done I'm finished I deserve better than this and this man was not her husband this man is not her husband and so um, you know, I'm, I'm standing there, I'm sitting there and talking to her, and I could tell that her countenance was not pleasant. She wasn't happy. It wasn't like she had an issue with me. But I could tell there was something that was disturbing her as she stood over my table. Then years ago that we had this conversation about this dude and how this dude was just kind of using her, and uh, she was complaining about all this, and she said, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm finished. I deserve better than this. This is a educated woman. This is a successful woman. And then she went and sat in her seat. And then minutes later, I understood why her countenance, her countenance had fallen like it had. Here he comes. Same dude that we had the conversation about years ago that's been tying your life up. You were complaining about, and now here it is, years later, you've gotten older, and here it is, you're still giving your life to this, the same person that you've been complaining. But you see, when you're struggling with that broken consciousness, you can have all of the complaints in the world. If, if, you, do not, if you do not come to a point where you are ready, where you are ready, to choose your pain, your compl you complained at 25. Now you're 35 complaining. You'll be complaining about the same dude and the same stuff at 45 and 55 and 65. You got to choose your pain. You, you, you're either going to deal with the pain of cutting this stuff off so that you don't have to walk around here constantly complaining and and deal with healing or are you going to deal with the pain of realizing one day you've given your whole life and all of your value and all of your youth to a man that never even loved you never even honored you choose your pain would you rather have the the temporary pain of getting over somebody that that really doesn't deserve you anyway or would you rather have the pain of looking at a life that's been wasted? Because, you know, when you when 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 you when you when you've been infected with this broken consciousness, you go from comparisons, you compare yourself to everybody, everybody. You want everything but what God uniquely gave you.
You, you, then, you then move to humiliating competition with your own sisters. Even your best friend, she don't even realize you're competing against her. And then you move, uh, thirdly, you move to these endless complaints, but no movement. These stagnant complaints, these stationary complaints, but no movement. And then watch this number four. And finally, you move to a place of just complete and total compromise. It's, this is where you get, this is when the woman gives in to the pressures and opinions of the world around her and just settles beneath her worth. I heard a lady say the other, the other day, and it really hurt my heart, really hurt my heart. She was talking about um, this, this numeric scale that uh, some of you employ to, I guess, rate your, um, uh, I guess, your beauty or whatever, you know, as a woman. And this lady said, I know I'm a two. I know I'm a two. I'm, I'm 50 some years old. I know I'm a two. Man, come on. Come on. What got into your, what got into your mind to ever make you look at yourself as a two? The first thing you have to understand is beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is subjective. If, if you don't see yourself I'm not looking for nobody else to rape me. Almost said something. Who do you think you are to think that you have the right to rape me? And I'm certainly not going to look in no mirror at myself and say, I'm a two. Now, you know, I get it. You say, okay, well, if the scale is one to ten, I, I get it. You say, well, six, five, seven. You know, I get it. But a two? Who in the world is a two? Come on, somebody. Nobody. Nobody. But it hurt my heart. And then the, 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 the kick about it was that the lady is, at least in my eyes, the lady is an attractive lady. And I'm sure she's probably an attractive lady to most of the people that would see her. Certainly not a two. But, you know, you get to a point where the world lies to you so much. The world batters you so much. The world constantly sends you this message that you're not good enough because you, 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 your skin is too dark. Your hips are too thick. You, you, you're too thin. You're too pale. Your hair is too straight. Your hair is too curly. You know, the world sends that message to you so much and you buy into it. If you never hear a voice that says to you, you are a queen. And most women have never heard that voice. So now you've come to a point where you just what? You just compromise and you just kind of give in. The toxic propaganda takes a toll on your total psyche to the point that you cannot, you don't even have the strength to try anymore. So you just give in. You say, yeah, this is who I am. That's what I am. That's, this is all I'm worth. I'll, I'll never be worth any more than this. I'm just going to settle. I met a, I met a dear heart. Um, I met a dear heart in the airport the other day. And she's going on 70 years old. And she said to me, she, she watches me. In fact, about it, while we were in the airport, um, she, she, she said she looked and she thought that was me, but she didn't know because I had my mask on. So she was actually watching my YouTube channel in the airport. And so she looked at my glasses. In fact, I, these are the glasses. She looked at my glasses and she said, okay. And she looked at the man she thought was me. She said, same glasses. She said, that's Bishop Blakes. And so she said, are you Bishop Blakes? I said, I am. This lady is going on 70 years old. And she said, you know what? I just want you to know, uh, I'm still waiting on my husband. I'm waiting on my husband. 
I've been divorced for a lot of years, but I, ain't, I haven't given up. I'm still waiting on my husband. And you know what? That lady, I won't call any names, does not look like she's 70, old, 70 years old, does not behave like she's 70 years old. She has the energy. She has youthful energy, attractive energy. It's because she never allowed the world to break her consciousness to the point that she compromises. And then I talk to other women who are 50 years old. Now there's a 20-year difference there. And they're like, I'm 50 years old. I'm giving up. I'm done. Man, what are you talking about? Where, where does this spirit of compromise come from? Broken consciousness. And the Bible says in Numbers 13, 31, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Here's a whole nation called Israel compromising. God's bringing them into the promised land. But they get there and a few men say they're giants over there. And they say, we can't go up. The people are stronger than us. And the whole nation bails out on their destiny. They just made up their minds to compromise. And if you're in that place now where you're, you're compromising, you want a you wanna relationship so bad, you're compromising. I want to pray for you today. Father God, I thank you for just giving me the unction to talk about this today. And now my prayer, dear Father, is that you will take the words of my mouth and plant them firmly into the hearts of every woman. And give them, dear God, freedom and victory. Give them breakthrough. Give them breakthrough, Father. Every soul tie, we cancel it in Jesus' name. Every toxic connection, we cancel it in Jesus' name. Every spirit of compromise, competition, we cancel it in Jesus' name. Comparison, we cancel it in Jesus' name. And now, Father, I speak victory into their lives in the marvelous, matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know I love you. Now, don't forget to stop by the website rcblakes.com and sign up for my mailing list. Check out all of the online programs. Those Queenology programs will would be a blessing to you. For those of you that are trying to regain consciousness, those programs would, be, would really be a blessing to you. The Transcending the Father Wound, the, the Soul Ties program, these things will help you. Now, those of you that need counseling, there's a link in, in the description for BetterHelp Counseling. We have a relationship with BetterHelp, and if you utilize that link, BetterHelp will Take 10% off of the cost of your counseling and we'll also make a deposit into R.C. Blake's Ministries for the referral. Prayerfully that works for you. Go to Amazon, pick up any or all of my books. They'll be a blessing to you. I promise you they will. You're going to start seeing the audio books coming online. In fact, about it, I think Kingology may be online at Amazon now uh, in the audio version for those of you that are looking for that. Uh, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for sowing into our lives. Lisa and I appreciate you so much. And we thank God for you every day. Now, I'm done. I've talked long enough. My time is gone. I'm not leaving you. I'm just stopping until next time. Pray for me. Continue to pray for me that the Spirit of God will keep me and that He will keep my heart uh, to the pulse of this generation, that God will give me grace to continue to do what I do the way I do it with the strength that I do it with. I want you all to know I love you. We thank God for you. Now, you're on top and you're going higher. God has more in store for you. So on behalf of Lisa and I, I say this. We will see you at the top. God bless you. Until next time. We here at R.C. Blake's Ministries want to thank you for spending this time with us today. 
RC and Lisa are always honored to have you with us. Don't forget to reach out to us by visiting our website at www.rcblakes.com. While you're there, you may join our mailing list and receive a free download of the Laws of Manifesting Your Vision by R.C. Blakes. Also look at all of the online programs by R.C. You may find all books written by R.C. and Lisa. Once again, all of us here at R.C. Blakes Ministries want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And as we always say, see you at the top.